Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Check out uh, batmanonfilm.com. Go to Batman Podcast Network and you will see all kinds of awesome podcasts that you should be listening to right now, or at least after you're done listening to this one. Okay, folks, it is, uh, it is uh, as of this recording, it's almost Thanksgiving, um, and I think we as Ghostbusters fans, we need to give thanks to Jason Reitman for being a cinematic genius and figuring out how to really not just bring back the Ghostbusters, but tease a whole new generation of Ghostbusters, you know, with... Uh, and, you know, with all due respect to the uh, 2016 reboot, it, it didn't click with audiences the way this one is clicking. And I think it's because it, it feels... It feels a, it's a part of the world that, that, you know, we all grew up with, with Ghostbusters. And I'm excited to share this with my kid um, and, you know, her kids and her kid and their kids and their kids and, you know, all that shit. Seriously, though. Uh, the the movie is uh, blew me away in every way, shape, and form, um, and uh, today on the show I brought in my good buddy uh, Jim Jim Morton, who uh, he was on the uh, Batman Forever show with us, uh, you know, last summer. We had a lot of fun with that, and um, and uh, you know, and we he just kept saying, you know, we gotta do a Ghostbusters one, we gotta do a Ghostbusters one. I'm like, yeah, I want to wait for the movie, and with COVID and everything, it took you know, forever to get to the movie, but it was well worth the wait, and I definitely plan on seeing it again, um, and again and again. Uh, it's very, very, I'm, I'm a happy Ghostbuster fan, no doubt about it. Um, so, you know, thanks to Jim for coming on. Uh, Jim is a local filmmaker, uh, he, in Erie, he's done some really exciting stuff. Uh, we've worked together a little bit in the past, um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think he's got a, I think, He's got a bright future ahead of him, despite the fact his movie is called Blinded. Get it? <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so, um, if you are looking to uh, annoy or harass or even just say hi to me, you can find me Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, goodness, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for Comic Junkies. That's F O R Comic Junkies. Uh, you can also find me. Uh, or you can email me, I should say, for comicjunkies at gmail.com. And you know what, folks? Let's, uh, let's get right into it. Let's find out if Jim or I are afraid of any ghosts. We're, we're not. Check us out. I put out the call, who are you going to call? And Jim answered. <laughs> so Jim Morton is with me today. Thank Egon you, Egon Spangler. <laughs> yeah, J- Jesse kept saying that when we were rewatching Ghostbusters. He was like, he just looks like Jim. <laughs> and and uh, Ashley, uh, I look like him. He was here before me. <laughs> well, I think I think Ashley, who's met you like once or twice, was like, yeah, he does. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, a little um, more beardy than Egon. But yeah, I, I, okay, funny story. Um, my I was supposed to be this Halloween. I was supposed to be Neo. Okay. I was going to be Neo uh, for the Matrix, and uh, we went to the Spirit Halloween store, and my son wanted to be um, a Ghostbuster. Yeah. So we were they were looking for a proton pack, and um, we found these these almost like a I'm, you you probably see them this Carhartt 
looking jacket has a big Ghostbusters emblem on the back. Oh, and yeah. It comes yeah. with uh, the Velcro name tags. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, they had his size, so we got him that. That way, it, cold Halloween, he could wear that and still be in character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got that, and then we went back to look for something. What were we looking for? Oh, a trap. We looked for a trap for him. Mm-hmm. And they had adult ones. And my son saw that, and he's like, Dad, could you be a Ghostbuster with me? I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> no. And then me being in film, I can't just do it halfway. So right. I bought the jumpsuit, the pads, the gun, the, pr- the spirit proton pack, the mm. boots. I even got Egon's glasses. Nice. Kept my hair long, <laughs> slicked it back, his, you know, with a with a hat, you know, to kind of get it to stick up a little bit, like Egon. And I shaved the beard off completely, and <laughs> I went the full character, man. That's awesome. And because you know they have just like those cheap suits and mm-hmm. spirit or whatever, which is fine for like casual people. Right. Or whatever. No, this was like I went and bought an actual jumpsuit and had my mother-in-law because I can't sew. I had my mother-in-law sew on patches and had a custom Morton tag name tag sewn yep. on and oh yeah I went all the way man I, I do have a custom Hodges tag I, I and the jumpsuit that I haven't done anything with yet because I was waiting for like a comic con and then when COVID hit it's like well I guess I've got all this time but now that we can go back to cons right I need to get back on that uh, especially with the movie coming out um, and uh, and we and I, and I said this in the intro you know but you know Spoilers galore. We are going to spoil Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so, but, you know, and it's just like with them coming back at the end, it's like, well, yeah, this is the perfect time. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, not that it would, you know, it's Comic-Con. People know what you're doing. Oh, yeah, there. absolutely. <laughs> um, so let me ask you, what what is your history with Ghostbusters? You know, we're both in our Ghostbusters t-shirts, so we were ready for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it starts from birth. Sure. So, because I was born 1984, the year the first Ghostbuster movie came out, so uh-huh. I literally grew up with the Ghostbusters in, in its entirety. Um, I, I, my, my life as a child revolved around Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's probably about it. That's, that, uh, th- those four in my life revolved around, and primarily of those four, it was Ghostbusters. Uh, all the best things, really. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I had quite the childhood. No. <laughs> um, what was that like? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I um, then when I was five, obviously the uh, second one came out, and um, Vigo scared the hell out of me oh, yeah. as a five-year-old, you know, um, so I didn't watch that one quite as often. Um, but yeah, I, Ghostbusters has always been a major part of, of my life. Uh, my sister, when she got old enough, um, she was always watching with me and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I got my kids into it. My wife, she's not huge into it, but she does enjoy them. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, Ghostbusters has always been a good part of my life. It's, uh, I have like some of my earliest memories are playing with like the toy proton pack and trap from like the Ghostbusters cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. Oh, the Kenner, the Kenner toys. Yeah, yep. yeah. Which I I wish you know are probably long, long gone. You know when because I was born in Ohio. Uh, you know we obviously we both live in Pennsylvania now uh, for the listeners out there. Uh, but <laughs> um, so I you know we moved away from there when I was like three. So it's like so I have a little bit of memories of doing that. Um, and I don't think I 
and I understood enough to like throw the trap out and try and catch a ghost, you know? Right, yep. Uh, but a lot of the the jokes in the movies flew over my head as a kid. Um, that That's the beauty of the whole Ghostbusters franchise is that there were so many, it, it appealed to both kids and adults. Yeah. You know, and I, again, with the with the Kenner toys, I had action figures galore. Yep. Um, in fact, I, uh, I still have the firehouse, which now my son has, <laughs> and he uses it. Um, yeah, it, the, the, the proton pack, the, uh, the trap, I had all that. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine got me uh, a few years ago uh, the, the, ghost, the Ecto-1 Lego for my birthday. Nice. Which was like kind of expensive. And I was like a little like, eh, you didn't have to do that, man. And he was like, yeah, but I know you love it. And, you, and I was just like, I do. So, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun to put together. I can't together. accept it, but I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like my, my, my nephew was playing with Legos and he was like, I was like, this, well, this one's for me. <laughs> it's like, and I let him play with it. But at the same time, I was like, he, he'd get bored putting all those pieces together. Right. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, it, it is. And I, I'm, I haven't even gotten like the 89 Batmobile. Well, first of all, it's two hundred fifty dollars. But like, secondly, it's like I was like, this would take hours to put together. Oh yeah. And some of my podcasting friends, you know, shout out to Lauer and Pete Vera. You know, they're all into that stuff. And I would just be like, I, I, I would just be like, I, I have to like sit here for that long to do it. I would do it. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think the the cool thing about Ghostbusters is that um, it it is, you know family friendly in a weird way you know it is um it's it you know there, there's a lot of uh you know kind of like the pixar movies a little bit that they're not afraid to be really entertaining movies but still appeal to children mm-hmm. um but i think when they made the first ghostbusters they were just thinking like you know anybody can watch and and it'll be fun right you know and because the, the scary stuff isn't isn't too scary no not at all um but like uh one of my favorite things that like it's, it's stuck in my brain is when you know Jason Reitman doing interviews and stuff for the past like forever because the movie's taken forever to come out because of COVID and all that's ruined our mm-hmm. lives. Um, yeah. But uh, he said he was talking to Steven Spielberg about Ghostbusters and everything, and he was like, so, "Yeah, you know, we're getting ready to work on the new one." And Spielberg said, "Library Ghost, top ten scares of all time." Right. And I was like, "If Steven yes. Spielberg is saying that, that yes. says a lot about the staying power of this movie." Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, it's funny, like, cause you, so you growing up with Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, mm-hmm. um, so you weren't really of the thought process that a lot of adults were at the time that Ghostbusters 2 was inferior to Ghostbusters. Correct. Like, it's just, I... I it was on the same plane. Yeah. yeah. I, the I, only reason I stopped watching or didn't watch it as often was because, like I said, Vigo scared the hell out of me. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, I mean, the scariest thing to me in the first one was a giant marshmallow. Yep. I mean, that's not scary. So, you know, <laughs> to a child, that's not scary. Right. Um, so, yeah, but having but having a, a, a ghost come out of a painting, you yeah. know, it, and Ghostbusters 2 really did have a, a slightly darker feel to it. Yes. You yes. know, um, so, I mean, to a, to a child, yeah. that's, you know, that could be intimidating and, and make them, uh, put them off from watching that one. Right. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, and I didn't have the, the same uh, judgmental, Opinions that adults would have about the the second one versus the first one. Yeah, um, I I didn't I didn't actually know until maybe about ten 
15 years ago that Ghostbusters 2 wasn't considered as good as Ghostbusters by like quote unquote the mainstream mm-hmm. um, and even like Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman have said like later that they were like well I think that audiences now that watch them they watch them together and they don't really think much of it well even Bill uh, he was feeling that second movie yeah even more so than the first mm-hmm. um, he didn't feel that there was enough of enough ghost hunting you yeah. know capturing in in the second movie it was more focused around a love story than actual you know ghost busting right which is is i guess a fair critique you know he was there he's making the movie Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like i don't i don't agree with that you know being spare absolutely um you know versus like us as the fans watching it and 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 i agree that you know the vigo is is terrifying and um it's funny because like I was like showing my daughter like clips of the movie you know, before I went to go see it, uh, or, or both movies on YouTube, and showed her like Stay Puffed because I was like, well, she, I think she'll like this, and and she's just like, he's a giant marshmallow. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, <laughs> and uh, and then like I showed her like the Vigo clip, and I was like, as soon as he like came out of the painting and everything, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have showed her this, and and she was just like, what's he doing? I was like, well, he's turning into a monster, and. <laughs> And she's like, he's a monster. <laughs> um, but then, like, when, like, he, they, like, shoot at him and he explodes, she was like, he's going to be a mommy now. And I was like, oh my. is that, that, like, is that what happens? Like, is that what you think happens when you're born? I don't know. <laughs> you know, they, they pick up on the weirdest things from the weirdest places. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they put things together that us as adults would never have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because she, she said that I was going to. She was going to be my mommy. So there was that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, it's like, you know, we're hanging out with her grandparents and she's like, uh, she's like uh, Duncan, who's their their dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, he's their their baby. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, he's their baby. And she's like, and he's your brother. And I was like, no, that's yeah. not how that works. <laughs> yeah, no, you got the family thing. You know, it, you're kind I, of I get what you're coming from, but yeah. 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 Um, well, how, how old are your kids? Oh man, um, oldest is eleven. Just turned eleven on the eighteenth. Uh-huh. Actually, we went and saw Afterlife on her birthday. Very nice. <laughs> um, my uh, middle child is ten, uh, and my youngest will be six in December. Okay, so they're a good age for these types of movies, and mm-hmm. and even this new movie, I think, is is still in that family friendly era, um, and it's. And, and I love being able to to think about that. Like I, my nephew, when he was two, um, you know, if he was kind of upset or whatever, and this is a true story, um, I would just pull out my phone, put up the Ghostbusters music video, the original one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he would just calm down. So I would get like four minutes of silence because he would just be linked into it. Um, That's awesome. And, and his, uh, and uh, you know, my other nephew, when he was, I think he was like five or six at the time. Um, you know, he'd like sing along with the song. He'd be like, who are you going to call? And then he'd look at me and go, but in real life, you should call the police because the Ghostbusters aren't in this world. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you, you're, you're right about that, buddy. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so he's like figuring out how to use his imagination, I think, at the time. Yep. Um, but like my, my, my sister and sister-in-law, they were like, no, like we don't, we don't want them to watch the movie, though. I think that'd be too scary. And I was like, I guess... But okay, fine. They can watch the music video, and that's enough for now. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, it's so I'm excited for my kid to grow up, and hopefully there'll be more Ghostbuster stuff. And because um, you know that I mean the animated series, you know, even Extreme Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which is like 
the only place you can find that is YouTube, which is sort of annoying. Uh, luckily, like the official Ghostbusters account, I think they put up all the episodes. So I was actually watching some of them the other day, and I was like, I love this show. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a cool continuation, and in a weird way, same as the movie where it's like Egon passing the torch. <laughs> right, yeah. So, um, which I don't think they did on purpose, but um, but that's such an interesting thought to have, like, um, uh, you know, the the continuation, like, here's the next generation, um, which, you know, and we talked before we were recording that, um, you know, the, the 2016 Ghostbusters, you know, that you hadn't seen. Um, no, I have not seen the 2016 Ghostbusters. I, the, the, all, the, every time I talk about the movie, the way I always preface it is saying, if you like Melissa McCarthy movies, you'll like it mm-hmm. because it's that kind of humor and she is funny and there are funny bits in it. What it didn't do was, and I think, first of all, making it a reboot versus like some kind of sequel was a mistake because some of the marketing was like 30 years ago, they saved the world. Now they're back. And it's like, no, what they what they should have done. And and again, I'm saying this just off of things that I've heard from people who have seen the movie that that we've talked about it. And, you know, I I have no um, problem with any of the people in the movie. I, I Melissa McCarthy. I have no problem with any of her her movies, her acting. In fact, I think she's a, a wonderful actor. She, she's amazing, yeah. Um, Chris Hemsworth, always awesome. And annoyingly hilarious, too. Like, why are you allowed to be hilarious and that fucking good looking? <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Right? <laughs> um, Leslie Jones, I mean, she's she's like a, you, either you love her or you hate her, you yeah. know. Um, I don't I don't mind her at all. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a... There's, uh, there's nobody in the movie that I don't like or anything about the movie that way that has turned me off of it. Mm-hmm. it it's, again, from what I've heard, <laughs> um, what they should have done, because they, they decided to completely reboot it and, instead of being a continuation, and mm-hmm. they had a golden opportunity to just say, okay, this is a Ghostbusters division in California as opposed to New York City. Yeah. And it's just their adventure, what happens to them, yeah, you know, uh, and it was perfectly set up. If you take Ghostbusters the game mm-hmm. in as canon, at the end of that game, spoiler if you haven't played the game, um, so not for twelve years, so. <laughs> right? I would hope. Yeah, if you're gonna play it. You played it already. Yeah. Um, the very end, the rookie he, uh, Ray says to the rookie, "Hey, you know, how about you open up your own franchise? What do you think?" Mm-hmm. Uh, all they had to do was take this movie and make it another franchise in the yep. Ghostbusters you know uh world and and they didn't do it they they completely botched it and i yep. think that right there is the reason why it was disliked by so many people yep. you know a lot of people think oh it's because they were no it's not nothing to do because they were women it that has nothing to do with it it they they tried to take an already successful franchise and redo it their own way and people there's so many there's so many um uh, what's the word i'm looking for legacy sequels well i mean the fans the the fans that are diehard that's where diehard fans of the ghostbusters franchise that when you you take that and you try to erase it Mm -hmm. and do something and reboot it completely, you know, you're going to get lashback. Yeah. And that's yeah. what happened. It, I think, um, you know, and, and, and like you were saying is like the movie is like, like 
if they had taken the game into consideration, even just like peripherally, mm-hmm. they could have just been like, and it could have just been like a quick like video chat camp, like you know, with Ray, like, hey, how's it going over there, and whatever. Because an issue with that I have with that movie is that like uh, the first two Ghostbusters movies feel like New York movies, mm-hmm. uh, like through and through. Even though I I found out that <clears throat> I guess only like three weeks of filming was done on part one. Right. Uh, but I was like, but they still captured the feel of it. I yes. guess they were all like New York actors anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, done like Saturday Night Live and blah blah blah. Uh, so when even when they did the soundstage stuff, it's still the the world still fit right whereas this film was mostly shot in boston mm-hmm. and i i got that i didn't get that new york no, vibe not at all they didn't capture that as well which um i said well if they wanted to make that ghostbusters in boston they could have done that and that would have been fine because uh, the new movie being in the small town in you know uh, oklahoma i think um you know even though they filmed in canada but it could have been any small town anywhere Right, and it it still would have worked because I because rec- I felt like, like you know, growing up being a big fan of Smallville, right? It's okay. like oh, yep. it feels like that small town vibe, yes. you know, with like the two diner, like the one like '50s style diner, and the other like, uh, 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 what am I thinking of? Like regular, like just get your coffee diner, right. or whatever, yeah, you know, um, and all the farmhouses, of course. So it's like okay, so this this movie is. Yeah, they literally yeah. could have picked anywhere in the mid, mid, middle of the United States, Kansas, Nebraska, any, anywhere in there, yeah. and it would have been believable. Yeah. You know, they made it they made it plain enough where it could have been just about anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny because uh, they – and I think the, the other really successful thing they did, what I was nervous about going into the movie was like, like I hope it's going to be funny because mm-hmm. that's a – that's a staple of Ghostbusters. And I knew some complaints going into it uh, where some people were like watching the trailers going, but is it going to be funny? Like, it doesn't look like it's going to be funny. And I was sort of prepared for it to be more of a drama because that's, I mean, Jason Reitman, you know, he's he's very good at that stuff. Right. Um, uh, you know, like one of my favorite movies is actually like Juno, which is, you know, comedy drama-ish. Um, but it, it's, so I was nervous about that, but then I was, quickly relieved that I was like, oh, they're doing what the original Ghostbusters did, is that it's funny because the characters are witty. It's it's not funny because they're trying to be funny or they're setting up a joke before every like cut scene, right? Exactly. And and that the dry humor that the original cast had yeah. was continued on and then that was a brilliant move by Jason and Ivan. Yeah. And uh and I think it helps having Paul Rudd who can Oh my god, yeah. He can be Paul Rudd in anything and amazing. And yes, <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Like I mean he's already a very, very talented actor. Mm-hmm. Um but uh at the same time when he gets into you know, this movie, I'm just like I love that he's he's like Paul Rudd, but he can put on his Paul Rudd persona and fit it into whatever he needs to do, whether he needs to be Ant Man whether he needs to be... He's like Ryan Reynolds without the sarcasm. Yes. Um, uh, there's like an earnestness about him, I yeah. think. Uh, but so he's like Paul Rudd's scientist, you know, seismologist guy. Mm-hmm. And I still find it believable when he's like babbling on, he's on the date with the mom and going on and on about his, uh, you know, love of science and everything. I was like, I was like, I still find this believable because he's so good. He's so passionate that I'm into it. Absolutely. You know? 100%. Be- um, because the one character I think, one actor I think they were very wise to not use much in the movie was, and again, spoilers, was J.K. Simmons. When he showed up as like the real Ivo Shandor, mm-hmm. I, I I immediately was like, that's J.K. Simmons. And I was, and then it took me a little bit out of the movie 
But then, like, immediately when Gozer just rips him in half, I was oh like... Oh, my God. That was... Unexpected, per- for one. And perfect. Yeah, it because was. Because if it had been him for the rest of the movie... It, it, it would have de- it would have taken away from it completely. Yeah, it, it would have really ta- would have it would have taken me a minute to get back into it. Yep. Um, and and that's nothing. And that's and that says a lot about Jason Reitman knowing probably knowing that that mm-hmm. the audiences are going to go, oh, that's J.K. Simmons. Um, and it would have taken us a few minutes to kind of okay, now I have to reset my brain a little bit. Yep. Um, and and I I was so so surprised because like kid actors are just. They're hit or miss, mm-hmm. like really. Like if you go back and rewatch like Home Alone, a lot of those actors are terrible. <laughs> um, like Macaulay Culkin was not as good as we all thought he was. <laughs> no. Um, but at the same time, um, like these kids in this movie um, were outstanding. They're brilliant, absolutely. Yeah, they were. They, they they were able to take a character and just and completely transform them into something that was comfortable to them. And it made it, and it worked perfectly. Yeah. Um, McKenna Grace, I think she's, you know, you know, and Jason Reitman, a lot of, you know, Dan Aykroyd, a lot of people behind the scenes were saying, oh, she's like an, the next rising star. And she 100% is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. Absolutely. Like, because watching like her Instagram stories and interviews with her versus her in the movie, it, she's unrecognizable. Um, for, you know, and, um, and I think that's and I thought that a little bit when I was I was rewatching The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix before uh, um, for the movie uh, where around Halloween time and she's one of the you know kids in that movie or that's that series excuse me and I was like wow she's um like she's good yeah like, I didn't even recognize her at first and I was like oh yeah she's gonna be in Ghostbusters that's awesome <laughs> hmm and, you know, and it's funny because McKenna Grace doesn't look anything. Like she normally does in in this movie, she oh, yeah. she is completely altered in every way, yep. and it makes her character that much more believable. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got you got Finn um, uh, Wolfhard, and and he, even though he doesn't change his appearance at all yeah. from what he normally acts in, um, right. his character changed, and again, completely believable. Yeah, you know that's that's a sign of an of an incredibly good actor. Um, I, that's what's that's like what what uh, that's why I love Tom Hanks so much. Yes, he doesn't have to change his appearance to make his character make you believe that that, that he is that character. Yes, you know, yes. It, you go from, uh, I mean, with the exception of maybe Castaway, mm-hmm. you know, because where he, he has facial hair. Right. But I mean, you have um, Da Vinci Code from. Uh, that to even uh, the Burbs, if you want to go that far, yeah. uh, Joe versus Volcano, a- anything that, that that he has been in, you you see the character. Yeah, it, you may see okay, that's Tom Hanks right off the bat, but within minutes, w- with less than you know a couple minutes, you're you you believe it's that character. Yes, yeah, um, uh, and I think that Finn is going to be very similar to that. I, that's a really good uh, way to put it too, and I, I totally agree. Um, and I love that he's weirdly now typecast as like the the kid that can do the '80s homages. <laughs> so it's like going from Stranger Things to it mm-hmm. to Ghostbusters, <laughs> right? And he's very good at it too. He, he perfectly cast because not only do, does he do an excellent job of being who he is, but he they. they they picked a character or picked an actor to play this character who was supposed to be a sibling of Egon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and he, the the nose. I can't help it, but <laughs> Egon had a big nose. Yeah, and so does Finn. I mean, it they 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 really went for making the characters look like they were related to Egon, as opposed to just throwing an actor in there and trying to force people to believe that they were related. Right, right. Uh, I, I I totally agree with that. Uh, it, it's and that's not easy to do, but then. Uh, it, but it, you know, like you said, it is believable that, oh yeah, these kids came, they have that Spangler gene yep. in them or genes yep. in them. Yep. Um, and, and the, the boy who played a podcast. Oh my God. He's hilarious. He's hysterical. I, I, I always worry about like a character like that. I was like, they have a character named podcast. This kid's going to be annoying as hell. Yeah. No, and not in this case. No, he was, <laughs> he was, he was awesome. He was hysterical yeah, and he, he was, was the perfect comic relief. He was very much, I felt like the ray of the group a little bit that you know he could yeah he was he I'll was, go with that yeah he was excited to be there Absolutely. and he didn't really get phased by anything no um and i you know it, it was just and he had some of the best lines too where you know she's you know you know you uh phoebe's using the proton pack and and she's like did i hit it and he's like you destroyed it it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore it's just so damn funny it was perfect yeah I, uh, going with that scene too, um, I thought that that Muncher was was a perfect replacement for Slimer. Yes, you know it would have been weird if they had put Slimer back in this movie. Yeah, you know yeah. it was bad. No, no, that's a bad way of putting it. It not bad enough, but it was. Uh, they were teetering on uh, on being too close to the first movie with the mini marshmallow Stay Puft. Yeah, you know, yeah. but they they kept it. They kept it entertaining. They kept it funny. Yeah. Um, they had already had the terror dogs and, and Gozer coming back. So, I mean, having Stay Puff little guys made sense because yeah, it was yeah. the same. It was still Gozer. Right. You know, um, but I'm glad that they didn't bring Slimer back into it. That would yeah. have been too much. I, I did kind of expect the the last shot of the movie, which is the Ecto on, on the Brooklyn, I assume the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong about that. Could it be the George Washington Bridge. It's New York. Doesn't matter. Right. Um, but, a bridge. Yes. <laughs> a bridge going into Manhattan. Um, I thought, um, I half expected Slimer to fly at the camera. Right. Just, yeah. And I was like, I, if they did that, I'd be okay with it uh, because that would be cool. Uh, obviously they didn't do that, uh, which is again, also cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, because the, uh, to me it was like Slimer is sort of synonymous with Ghostbusters anyway, mm-hmm. you know, cause he's just, he cameos in Ghostbusters too. He doesn't really do a lot, but it's, it's fun to see him. No, he drives a bus. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, you had your license, you know, he gets on the bus like, okay. Right. Um, but yeah, I, at the same time, uh, I, I, I like that they had a similar type of thing. And that, and I remember I was listening to a podcast that day with Jason Reitman, and he was talking about the car chase scene, and that's his favorite scene in the movie, and he could watch it all the time, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I thought about that like while while watching it, and I was like, this is awesome, like it this is. is something that we we've never seen in these movies. No, no, you know? it's a new added element that, and it proves that Egon was working on things after he had left the group, and yeah. You know, became a hermit essentially. Yeah. While trying to, you know, save the world. Yeah. Um, and I did love the fact that they had more, um, more of the ghost catching in this. Like it was yeah. a, a much longer uh, chase and, and yeah. capture, mainly because they were kids and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Right. Um, but where you look at the first two movies, there wasn't a whole lot of that. I mean, they had the Slimer one in the, in the first movie mm-hmm. and then they really didn't do a whole lot of catching until stay puffed 
Yeah. You know, they, that was really it. It was like the montage, and so it's implied that they're doing a lot of work. Exactly. And, and then in the second one, it was... Scalary Brothers. <laughs> yeah, in the courtroom, and right. that was short. Yeah. Um, that's it, other until Vigo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the fact that they they did more of that, and I think that's really what the that's the only gripe I had with the first two movies was that there mm-hmm. wasn't enough ghost catching. Yeah, you know of the special effects and the sounds, and you know that that's it, it made it left you wanting more of that, and yep. and they Jason fixed that in this. Yeah, and I think you know it, it was cool having like when she's on the gunner seat, mm-hmm. you know, so the proton pack is built into the car too. Yeah, so there's so you know and. Um, uh, you know, Trevor, you know, Finn Wolfhard, he uses it at the mm-hmm. end of the movie to help. Yep. And I wish uh, they had turned the car into a trap, though, like they had in the game. Oh, yes. That would have been friggin' yes. awesome. Yeah. But I get the, the friggin' remote control on the... on the, That was cool. That was awesome. And, and that was something I was surprised at because the in watching the trailers and everything, I, I sort of assumed that the kids built that. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool that, like, oh, it was already there. Like, Egon had done this. Yep. Uh, like, Egon was forward thinking, like, in his, you know, while yep. he was there. Um, and I think that how much of Egon was in the movie oh my god was very surprising absolutely I did not expect the the, the movie to not only begin the way it did yeah but I had in fact I I, I had many conversations with um, my coworkers and, and friends who were also fans of the franchise mm-hmm. and I I told them it was like I really hope that they do like what they did in Star Wars and they they CGI a character that was that had like Peter Cushing, yeah, yeah. yeah. They CGI'd him back into the into the movie to to uh, to continue on that story and make it make sense. You know, I was really hoping that they were going to bring Egon back as a ghost. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was brilliant. And what what made me feel okay about it was knowing that they 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 cleared it with his family. His family was okay with it. Um, yes, and. Ivan Reitman and the other guys who, you know, they were all like good friends with him, especially like, you know, Bill Murray kind of famously had a falling out with him. And then I guess they reconciled like mm-hmm. while he was dying. Um, Cause I remember after he passed, uh, there was the Oscar ceremony and they did the in memoriam yep. thing. And when it ended, Bill Murray looked at the camera and he said, we forgot one, Harold Ramis. And, and he kind of, and you could see he choked up a little bit. Yep. That that made my heart like, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'll never forget that moment. You nope. Know, just nope. going like he that they had made peace. Yes. And and that that made me very happy. That is very annoying, and I wish it would stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the studio. I can't like fix these all these computer settings in here. Um, I mean, I guess I could, but I might get in trouble right, for that. You, you gotta you gotta admit something here. All right. Did you cry? Yes. So did I. <laughs> I, I. I don't know how you couldn't. Like Anybody who has any feelings about this franchise at all whatsoever had to have at least shed a tear. It, you know, and especially now, I, you know, this is something I, I, I love talking about with parents, too. Like, being a parent now, we watch, you watch movies differently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Absolutely you do. It's a completely different thing when I see a movie about a... Whether it's a father, a daughter, even a father son. Well, I don't have a son, but... Um, the um, feelings that go along with that are, you know, they hit you completely differently. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, your 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 strength of empathy is is a lot higher. Yeah. You know, as an adult, as opposed to a child who hasn't experienced anything yet. You yeah. Know? Um, even even my uh, well, other than my son who's six, but mm-hmm. my two daughters, mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 teared a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, my son was just like, "This is cool." Yeah. You know? 
but again, six. And I, but I, but I love that the movie could hit on all that. You know that he could watch it and get excited. Oh my god! About the the, the technology and the fun of it. So my and, ki- my kids are watching, are sitting on the, when we went to the theater and saw this. We had the uh, my kids are sitting on one side of me and my wife's on the other, and she elbows me and she says, "Look over." And I look at them, and all three of them are just mouths open, gawking, leaning forward in their seats, just staring at the screen, watching this movie. I'm yeah. like, "Yes, it, it's, proud dad moment." It's it it really is because it it shows that this franchise is you know was it was about it started just as like these three guys that got fired and said, "Well, screw it, we're going to make our own business." Yep, and and now it's this familial thing Mm -hmm. which obviously comes part you know a a big chunk of it comes from jason reitman absolutely who literally grew up you know he was in the second movie yeah you know telling them they're full of crap right right? (laughs) you know my dad says you're full of crap (laughs) which you know i'm sure ivan reitman has said to Aykroyd and bill murray at some point (laughs) during their friendship um but i love that you know and that's again partially what the other film was missing because it's like it's it's sort of like it's like Star Wars a little bit, or like the new Halloween movies. It's like I like that they're embracing the fact that there's. It's like you know what? There's already a fan base. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just cater to them. Right. Let's give them what they want. Yeah, because yeah. they're taking their kids to the movies now. Yeah. Um, as much as everybody's like, oh, do we need a Toy Story three or a Toy Story four? It's like, you know, maybe we don't. But I love going to those, and I love. I mean, my daughter was only like, you know two months old when Toy Story 4 came out. But I love the idea that this franchise can continue mm-hmm. and, you know, the Star Wars movies can continue um, and even, like, Star Trek in a way. With... And I think that's a lot of the reason why a lot of some of these movies, these classics from when we were kids, are being not rebooted but are, are being continued so many years later. Yeah. You yeah. know, there, there is that, that strong desire from our generation to be able to share that with, you know, our next generation. Yeah, yeah. I think you know you you talked about right off the bat like the like Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and everything and and Ninja Turtles is sort of a different thing more like because you know, the comic book stuff can be rebooted and sure, everything because right. um, they do it in the comic books all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new animated series seemingly every couple of years for Ninja Turtles, yeah. which I think they kind of get worse and worse as they go. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, we're biased, uh, but yeah, well, a little. <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, it's like so that like. Oh, I can take my kids to the the new Ninja Turtles, or I mm-hmm. can take my kid to the new Batman, or you know the new, um, you know like a like Flash movie that's coming out. Well, there hasn't been a Flash movie, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, I got you. I got you. But uh, but it's but it's a different beast when it's Ghostbusters or it's Star Wars because um, there's already a built-in fan base that wants to see more of those characters. And as they're older, it's like, well, it's cool that they have, even if not kids, they have new, you know, like like Ray is some is somebody that can you know learn from Han Solo and learn from uh Luke Skywalker and start a new journey um and then with with this but I loved that this film Ghostbusters Afterlife made a point right away to say that there's a disconnect so you know in she, fact they used that in the story yeah as a disconnect and know? I think it, it and it helped frame the story yeah oh absolutely and and I and it's like I I sat there as as a parent going, I don't know if I could bear having to be Egon and sacrifice everything to make sure that I'm saving the world. But at the same time, he wanted to make sure his kids were okay mm-hmm. or his daughter was okay. And so when like she goes into the basement 
and sees all the pictures and everything, I was like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, because it's like Egon's not like a sentimental guy, but he's also not a monster. No, you know, <laughs> absolutely not. You know, and I, and uh, and I and I loved that. I loved that there was, you know, they get to have that closure. So I feel like if this movie ends with these characters and we don't see these characters again, I think I'm okay with that because I can get because we can get the next movie to be like the franchise mm-hmm. that Ernie Hudson, you know, the Winston starting up a new Ghostbusters in New York or something, um, you know. But uh, I mean, who knows where it's going to so go? So I made a cardinal sin when I went and saw this movie. What'd you do? I didn't stay for the after the credits. <sighs> I know. I saw the. The, the Dana Venkman scene. Yes. Which was freaking awesome. Because it was funny because I leaned over after, as the credits were rolling. I leaned over to my wife and said, I'm, I'm confused about one thing. And she's like, what? And it's like, it says that there was, that Dana was supposed to be, and then she popped up on the channel. I said, never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, then that's when we left. Because it was, you know, my kids needed to get home. They needed to get sleep. They had school the next day. Well, yeah. You know, so uh, we didn't stick around, but I, dang it. <laughs> it yeah. Well, another buddy of mine, he's like, did so did you did you stay after the credits? And I was like, no. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> there was like a five minute long. This is a good scene. Yeah, a scene about you know that, that sets up a sequel. I'm like, f my life. <laughs> um, it's, uh, but he told you what it was though. No. Oh, I don't know what it is. <sighs> I sort of spoiled it for you a little bit. I think. Um, no, go ahead and tell me. It's, uh, it's it's basically it's Janine and and Winston talking, and you kind of see the business that Winston has. Okay. And he goes to the old firehouse, and he's and he says that, and the, like the the ecto comes in, and he says like you know I'm going to take care of your old girl, and uh, he sort of implies that he's going to restart Ghostbusters in Manhattan, and and then they show the containment unit at the in, in the in the basement, and one of the lights blinks on, so it's like oh something's going on, hmm. there. so. Um, Love it. The uh, if I had, I only had like a couple of gripes with the movie. Uh, one, I'm intrigued. All right. One, one being that I, I sort of felt bad for whoever was doing the score because it's like you're just doing the Elmer Bernstein music. Like I sort of wish you were doing okay. your own thing. Hold up. So <laughs> I, I downloaded the soundtrack yesterday uh-huh. and I, uh, I listened to the entire soundtrack in in. in in, you know, it's in, in its entirety, um, back to back. I did listen to it and then restart it and listen to the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. Not and I love soundtrack. I, yeah, I love soundtracks that that start from the beginning of the movie and the end of the soundtrack is the end of the movie because you feel like you're watching the movie. Exactly. I'm I, the same way. I yes. hate soundtracks that jump all over the place. Yep. You know, yep. It's just, just go with the movie. Right. Um, but they yes, he did take. The score from the original Ghostbusters, and use that, mm-hmm. but that was a hundred percent necessary. It was absolutely necessary to keep the same feel, because score is half the movie. Yes, you know, yeah. it, it, you can have actors and visuals and you know whatever, um, but the music and the sound effects are the other half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And if you took this sequel and put completely different, un, unrecognizable music into it. It would not have felt the same. It wouldn't. It would. There still would have been, as you put it earlier, that disconnect from the first two movies. Mm-hmm. So it was 100% necessary for him to take the same familiar sounds that everybody grew up with with these first two movies mm-hmm. and throw them into this one. But he also took those and and, and made his own score with it. I I 
implore you to just listen to the soundtrack if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Listen to the soundtrack without the movie. Just listen to it, and you'll hear what he he took the sounds and then made it his own. Okay, uh, I I will have to revisit that. I'm planning to go see it again, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely uh, keep that in mind because um, it's, a, it's a great soundtrack. And when I in, even in the, the early trailers, like hearing those beats, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm in the world. So right. you know what? I, yep. I got to get out of my own head there, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the only other gripe I really had with it was um, like it, it it's it's in continuity with with Ghostbusters and supposedly Ghostbusters 2. But the only real reference with Ghostbusters 2 is ra- is the Ray's Occult bookstore. Um, so that was like sort of my only gripe because part of me sort of wanted when the original Ghostbusters show up, I was like, I sort of hope they show up in the Ecto-1A. <laughs> like, that would have been kind of funny. Okay. Um, but, because uh, it's like, you know, like there's, like what happened to the two uniforms? You right, know? yeah. Or, or is it sort of like, because I always joke well, about They like, may have still been in, in Manhattan maybe. or wherever, you know, because, you know, when, when, when Ray was on the phone with Phoebe as she's sitting in jail, Yeah. Um, and they're having a conversation. He he listed all the things that Egon just took and ran away with. Yeah, you know, and it sounded like he was just more interested in getting. He took his own uniforms. Yeah. Um, but I, okay, I guess you're right. He, they, they could have in that closet shown the, the the dark gray ones as opposed to just the beige ones. Right. You know, um, or at least at least one. Yeah. You know. Or maybe it was in there. It was dark. Who knows? Maybe it was in there. and It was just tucked over on the side. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's sort of my only thing because mm-hmm. um, they could have made it more obvious that, that you know that, to have some have some things in it. And I loved all of the uh, little little references mm-hmm. through the whole thing. They did have the toaster in there. Yes. Yeah. They. So, yeah. So it's like so there's there's subtle stuff and yeah. it and it's like it's, the Twinkie in the glove box. Right. Right. And it doesn't. <laughs> and so none of it like you know it took me out of the movie or anything or you know made me dislike it mm-hmm. it was just a little bit like you know i kind of wish they had said that or whatever yeah um or even if uh vankman at the end of being like, oh what's next is vigo gonna come back or something like that yeah you know? right um, I, I don't know if he had said something like that i feel like it would have been forced a little too meta yeah yeah but uh but i did because i really loved um you know they when they when they show up and they're just like you know because I was like, I was really expecting. I was like, she's gonna say, "Are you a god again?" And and I thought she was gonna say it to Phoebe when Phoebe was telling all those lame jokes. So did I. Yeah. Absolutely. And and then she when she said, you know, "Are, are you the sacrifice?" Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, I cool. Was like, I was like, okay, another good line. Yep. Um, but then when they, um, uh, you know, when they showed up and they were doing all that, and then she said, "Are you a god?" And they were like, Ray. <laughs> Like, Come on, Ray. <laughs> it's like, and then like Winston just be like, "Yeah, we're gods. We're all gods." You know, like right. just, I was like, I was like, I love that they're they're all they're sort of not phased by this anymore, and they're just sort of like, sure, whatever. Like, let's just do this. Right. Um, and what what this movie did well that part two did well um, is that they made like the the villain side of it just as interesting and intriguing as the, what the rest of it that's going mm-hmm. on because that's something that the original Ghostbusters sort of lacked it where it, it built up to a finale but it it's because it, I always kind of joke like as much as I love Ghostbusters objectively it just feels like at a certain point they were like oh yeah we got to have a main bad guy 
it's a, it gets to that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't ruin the movie at all. Right. But having Vigo be the central villain throughout Ghostbusters 2 mm-hmm. and having Gozer be the central villain throughout this movie right. was really great. Absolutely. Um, Did you notice, um, I'm going to throw you, you, another Ghostbusters 2 reference that you may or may not have, okay. have, have uh, caught. Um, so when, when Gozer untangles the streams uh-huh. and they get thrown against the car uh-huh. and then Venkman starts talking and trying to distract and then Winston tries to shoot real quick. Uh-huh. I believe that's a direct reference to when they're all laying on the on the ground in the museum. Okay. To v, you know, and Vigo, you know, he's just battling on to Vigo, trying to do everything he can to distract him. Right. You know, until people outside start singing. Right. Right. Not that he knew that was happen or going to happen, but right. 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 Yeah, you know, I feel like that was a good subtle reference to that moment in Ghostbusters too. That that's a good point, and it probably is because they probably thought like, well. Because right after he's like, well, it was worth a shot. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like he, like they had planned it. Like, hey, maybe if this ever happens again, let's try this. You right. Because Venkman's good at just bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like Bill Murray is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, you know, and I loved that. You know, when when Egon showed up at the end, you know, to help, it just it, it is like you know I'm getting chills talking about it. Like, like there he is. Yep. And and not only that, but it's like it wasn't the it wasn't the Egon from the original movies. Either. Right. It, it was it was an aged, you know, Harold Ramis. Right at the beginning of the movie, I was like, well, that's him, isn't it? And, yeah. And it's just like, I guess it has to be because I sort of thought the movie would open. I thought we would kind of build up to it. I thought the movie would open with, you know, them getting evicted and having to go to. That's and, as did I. Yeah. Yep. And it was, I was pleasantly surprised that they opened it the way they did. Yeah. Because I really thought it was like, oh, this is going to be like a uh, yeah, Jason Reitman opening that turns into a Ghostbusters movie, which I was going in there thinking that feeling mm-hmm. like it'd be fine. But it's starting with a Ghostbusters opening. Mm-hmm. And I also think what they did really well is when they showed the title of the movie, that it didn't open with the Ghostbusters theme, mm-hmm. you know, with the Ray Parker Jr. song. No, they waited until the end to yeah. do that. Just like what they did. Just like um, when J.J. Uh, Abrams did the uh, 2009 Star Trek. Yeah. You know, he had his own thing and then waited until after the movie was over because he felt like they needed to earn the right to play that theme song. Yes. And I think that's kind of what Jason did with, with this, even though he's been a part of the franchise since birth. Right. You know, uh, he, 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 t- he took that same approach. He wanted, yep. It's a different movie, so he needed to earn the right to be able to play that at the end of the movie. And I think it, you know, as, as soon absolutely as... Absolutely did. It, as soon as it came on, just big-ass grin across my face, like, the, they're the Ghostbusters. Yep. And and I just, and I loved that these these new characters were... Were interesting and they were funny and they felt they felt like they were contributing you know there was a reality to it that helped sell the movie in the same way that i love the way ivan reitman has always described the first ghostbusters where he was like we're getting we have to get up to um earning the you know like if we'd started the movie with stay puffed it wouldn't have worked correct yeah we have to start with these real guys that are going through real struggles and they're building up their business they're doing all these fantastic things and then it ends with stay puffed absolutely and and i remember when i first read that you know that interview i was like that's right you know Mm -hmm. the the movie just it wouldn't have worked without it not at all and and i love that in a weird way that the stakes even though they're trying to save the world in this movie, um, it, at the same time, the the stakes felt very small mm-hmm. and very intimate, which was very in line with the tone of the movie, that it's all about this family 
and then like and then the Ghostbusters are the extended family and they come back. Right. You know, and then they get to have their moment with Egon, you know, and, and I that, feel like when every time Ray friends with the phone call. Yeah. You know, when she mentions Egon and he says, Well Egon can burn in hell and she said, Well, he he died two weeks ago and you could he he I don't know if that was acting. Yeah. Because he teared up on yeah. that scene and I I don't know if that was acting. Same thing at the end when they're all standing there, you know, and they say, Yeah, we miss you you know, I don't you can just see it on Ray's on uh Mr. Aykroyd's face. Yeah. yeah. You know, um even even <laughs> even when uh Venkman, you know, Bill Murray, when when he uh when he said I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact line he said, but it was, you know, I thought you'd show up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh it's it's like he said that to hide what he was really feeling. Yeah. Because he doesn't ever show emotion. Yeah. That's not his character. Right. Um Yeah, I wonder I I, I really wonder how much of that was acting and yeah. how much of that was real emotion, like truth. Yeah. And it, I, I totally agree. It, it, it was it, it was great for them to have that moment. And even like these new characters that, you know, weren't in the original films, but this movie built up that disconnect and then discovering that relationship mm-hmm. in a really good way, in a really solid way. Yep. So that when she has the hug with him at the end, mm-hmm. and I think it was also a really smart choice that he didn't talk. Correct. Um, Absolutely. Because I, I was, I was like, if he says anything, it's gonna just be strange. It is. Um, but he did. There was a whisper. I don't know if you heard it. I don't know what the line was, but there was a whisper as he's disappearing into the into the night sky. Hmm. Um, there was. I, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I just misheard it or, or thought it was. Maybe or maybe it was just me simply hoping that they were gonna <laughs> throw a single whisper line from him in there. Yeah. Um, because that would just make the that whole scene just that much more emotionally impactful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I could have sworn I heard some kind of a whisper. Now, I, next time you see it, listen for it and tell me if I'm wrong. I, I will, yeah, for sure. Because um, <laughs> I could be way off here. I'll just be like, hey, everybody shut up in the movie theater. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I I mean, the, the I, I knew going in I was going to like it. I was like, I'll be very surprised if I don't like the movie, you know, Um but at the same time, I was like, I, and I, everything I was hearing, you know, I was like, and it's, it's weirdly like, it's sort of the opposite of the 2016 one. Cause I feel like critics are sort of weird with it, but audiences are loving it. Um, it was just the opposite with the 2016 one for, you know, whatever reason, I don't know. Yeah. Um, just, you know, but Ghostbusters 2 was also kind of that way, I think too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but I, I just, I love that people are responding to it because it's like, this is what these legacy sequels need to do. What I felt like the the 2018 Halloween did well was if you're going to bring these new people in, like you, you got to be reverential, you know. And it and you know when you say hear the phrase, oh, it's made for the fans by the fans. I feel like okay, I felt that way watching the 2018 um, Halloween. I feel that way now watching Ghostbusters Afterlife. Hundred percent, like, absolutely. It's in, in there were so many, and I another thing that Jason Reitman said in the podcast I listened to. He said, "He's like, there's Easter eggs I don't know about." He's like, "My sound mixer said, oh, I did this in this scene,' and mm-hmm. he didn't even know." Yep. And one thing I caught like right off the bat, and I felt like the biggest nerd in the in the universe was when they go down the fire pole to the basement, 
it's the exact same sound effect from Ray going down the fire pole oh in the first God. film. Yes, it is. I because I think they just made it a little bit louder. They did. But I was like, that's the same sound effect. Yep. You know? <laughs> there were so many references to the first two movies. Yeah. Mainly they, the first one. Right. But, I mean, especially with the sound effects. I mean, they, they all those little... Uh, all those little pieces of, of sound of uh, like sound effects and, and music that was very very noticeable and and an, an intricate part of the first movie are thrown in. Yeah. Not only into this film as sound effects, but into the score as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is a brilliant move on on not only the the sound guy's part, but the uh, the composer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like the uh, Phoebe's glasses. Yep. They're exactly the same. Actually, they are. They are Harold Ramis's frames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again a brilliant move. Yeah, I, I, th- I think what, um, it, what worked really well with that was that it's, it's, it's something that we picked on, picked up on uh, as as Uber fans, um, but also like, it, but it, it's also not a distracting Easter egg. You know, mm-hmm. like, because that's like, well, yeah, this kid would have glasses. So, you know, it's like, it's not like, so it's not like this, like, wait a minute. Like, why, why were they, you know? Yeah. Um, the, I, the only thing that is this movie was missing, and here it is. It's Rick Moranis. I know. <laughs> you know what? And, and these a new Ghostbusters of, are going to need a lawyer, you know? <laughs> right. A buddy of mine uh, and I were talking, because he went and saw it the same day that we did. Mm-hmm. Um uh, in Meadville, though, um, but he uh, he was telling me, he's the one who told me about the the ending after the credits yeah, yeah. Uh, that I missed. Dang it! Um, <laughs> but uh, oh crap, I lost my thought. Rick Moranis. Oh yeah, so yeah, he was telling me about that, and then he didn't tell me what the ending was, but I was like, you know, maybe they'll maybe with if they're doing a sequel, maybe they'll bring Lewis back yeah. into this one, right? You know, because it's. I, allegedly happening in New York possibly um, exactly yeah. they, they were according to you they they were very elusive to what this sequel is going to be about mm-hmm. they just kind of set it up for a potential for one right wherever it may be yeah. um, but if it is in New York that would give a perfect opportunity to reintroduce Lewis in some fashion yeah um, another thing that surprised me about the movie was that Janine wasn't her mother because the trailer sort of implied it, and I, I, I was like, well, that would make sense if they're doing what happened in the first film. I am beyond thrilled that she was not. Yeah, yeah. Because it would have made the second Ghostbusters movie not make any sense at all. Right, right. And I, I think that maybe that's why they did it that right. way. Because maybe she ends up with Lewis, you know, like he's back in New York and she came up to, you know, just help Egon or whatever. Right. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so that that I think uh, was uh, was was a wise choice. Um, yes. Um, you know, I I, I think we could have used a little bit more Janine in the movie, though. But yeah, it, it's but given the role that she had, I think it's best she was, you know, kind of in and out as quick as she was. Right. Um, but because Janine's such a great character. Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, the first film, she's got some of the best lines. <laughs> Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah, I was I was really surprised, and I was intrigued on how they were going to use Danny because I mean it's, it was no secret that that Sigourney Weaver was going to be involved in this movie, or yep. it was cast as her character, same character, reprise her role again. Right. But you know, as the movie was going on, I'm like, okay, if they introduce her now, 
it's just going to be forced. It's going to be weird. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, when are they going to, and how? I kind of forgot about it, you know, once the, uh, the third act started going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I, you know, after it was over, I'm like, where'd she, oh, there she is. Yep. yep. Okay. I, Brilliant. I, I was happy that it does seem like they, they lived together. Yes. They, they had a happily, happily ever after. Yep. Um, I was sort of, I was hoping for an Oscar cameo, you know, for him to just like come in or them just to say like, oh, Oscar's calling or something. Yes. They, you know, which they didn't do, which no, is fine. I, I was actually really hoping that um, it, before, before I, I guess I knew a lot about this movie, you know, months ago, months and months and months ago, um, I had hoped that Paul Rudd's character was Oscar. Oh, Okay. Um, I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Now that I've seen it and saw how it all worked out, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't because that would have just it, it would have ruined it. Yeah. Um, but I thought that that's what they were going to do was yeah. you know because the time period would have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think the the movie was was really clever with how they used his character and you know they they brought the the terror dogs back in a cool way. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I like that they were able to trap the spirit of it and yes. and that that helped to kind of stop Gozer and everything because I was like when the movie started I was like I think I know what they're doing here but mm-hmm. I'm not sure and then and then as the movie was going on and Phoebe was like oh this is what the house the farm was built on and everything I was like that's really cool it and, is oh yeah and it was so subtle in the beginning that it, you didn't quite know what was going on no no not at all they, they did a brilliant job of, of hiding uh, what it actually was, the truth of what was going on, yeah. but giving you just enough to be like, okay, I might have an idea. Yeah, you know, um, if they had shown any more, any less, it would have messed it all up. And and it and it totally makes sense with the context of the first film. And I like the and because I thought I was like, I don't know how I feel about it being Gozer again and the dogs again. You know, like mm-hmm. we've seen that. And then like, but watching the movie, I was like, you know what? It kind of does make sense because. In, in Ghostbusters 2, you get a sense that Vigo's done. Like, he's gone forever. He's been destroyed. Yes. But you also get the sense that, in rewatching the first one before going to see this, I was like, I, I like that I feel like Gozer could come back because mm-hmm. they they shut the door. Yes. But they but the door could reopen. Right. And so it made sense that this this could be the, the, uh, the Gozer trying to come back. Right. You know, and I love that Egon had, like, set up the trap, the, the proton beams in the temple. Mm-hmm. You know, he had done all this work that was just so awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, just oh, so, yeah. so surprising. Very Egon. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was just such a bummer. Like, I was like, I I, I feel bad that, like, they, the other, like, he couldn't have included the other Ghostbusters. Like, come on, man. Like, they would have helped you. Um, well, he tried. Yeah. They didn't believe him. Yeah. yeah. Which is... They thought he went nuts. Yeah, but but and which is you know, and that that right there is the one part of the movie that confused me more than anything else. Or I maybe not confused, but just kind of like didn't sit well yeah. with me. Was you know because he was always the level-headed, you know, very analytical, and he seemed to be the kind of character in the first two movies that you know whatever he says had to be the truth. Right. You did. You didn't question it. Right. So when Ray said that, you know, he, they thought that he went off the deep end and, you know, went pretty much insane yeah. uh, and, and didn't believe anything he was saying, that kind of was like, really? Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a yes and no, because, like, I guess 
what what does thirty years do to a person anyway? That's true. Um, so it, you know, they and because Ray talks about that, like, oh well, Venkman went here, Winston went here, I went here. Um, I was like, okay, I can I can dig that. I can dig that. You know, there's been a thirty year gap here, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm fine with as because yeah. I mean there's no way around it, right? Right. Um, and there was a good explanation that Ray gave over the phone on what exactly happened. You know, yeah. where you know he wasn't. Uh, Taking the calls, he thought it were there weren't uh, what do you say they weren't uh, weren't worth anything weren't, weren't worth looking into. Yeah, you know, there were bigger things that were happening. Yeah, you know, and he'd be he they I get okay. I guess that's how they justify the you know him being over obsessive with this single idea. Yeah, um, but you would have thought that maybe Egon would have done a better job of convincing his lifelong friends right you know and and co-work counterparts right um but it's also like you know but it it works it still works for the movie so oh, absolutely the, the movie itself is fine and, i'm being very nitpicky yeah <laughs> it, it happens you know, we're big film fans so right. you know um but at the same time i i love that we got the, her making that call i think was that was just enough mm-hmm. for us to believe that ray would call up peter and 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 winston and go guys like i what Egon was saying was real. I just talked to his kid. Something's happening. We got to yep. go. Yeah. As soon as um, a grandchild, that was all he needed. Yeah. What? Yeah. That changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that you know, he started like Egon Spagan and come rotten hell. And then, and then he got, and I'm hanging up now. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he got more sentimental as it went on. Like, okay. Like now that I know who I'm talking to, right. I can lay out the history. For well, that's the thing. He got, he went through this whole, this is again, kind of weird to me, but, um, he went through this whole spiel on what happened yeah. before he knew who she was. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it, why would you tell that to a complete stranger? Yeah, and then any customers in a while and <laughs> talk to anybody. I, I, you know, okay, and that could be it, too. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, you, just, I'm kidding. It could be that. I mean, what, what a, that yeah. literally could be it. I mean, true, true. depends on how well his Razor Cult was doing. Yeah, apparently not very well. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. Um but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the movie just it, it hit all the right notes that it needed to hit. One hundred percent, yes. And it, it bugged me seeing some. I, I didn't read. I don't really read movie reviews, but mm-hmm. some sites that I like were saying like, "Oh, it's it's just one of those nostalgia sequels." And I was like, "I was like, it like it wasn't. It wasn't because I felt like it. It, it obviously it, it is. There's no way around that. But mm-hmm. it. But I also felt like we're getting to know these characters. You know, they're. Like she's Egon's granddaughter, but she's not like this carbon copy of him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that though, with uh, with with people saying that it was you know a nostalgia sequel, you know, there have been a lot of nostalgia sequels that were made not because fans demanded it, but because they're trying to make money off of a franchise that was already successful. Yeah, people weren't asking for it. This people were asking for. Yes, they were. They've been wanting this to to happen for you know what a 20 years 30 years 30 yeah yeah Yeah. um and it it just took the right people the right script the right director the right writers to make it happen the right way the way the fans wanted it and so the yeah these these reviews that say that this was just a you know um they did it just because, you know, right. to, no, it, no, uh, they didn't. They, it, they definitely didn't. Like the 2016 one does. I think, fe- that, I think that that was a catalyst to making this one happen. Yeah. It, it, it that one felt more like we're going to cash in on the brand. Right. Because those actors and director 
are hilarious and they could have done anything they wanted mm -hmm. and and they put their hearts and soul into this movie but it just it wasn't but it wasn't theirs no um and they could have been mm -hmm. but it just it just wasn't like i said they, they uh, if they had just used the first two movies and the, and the game as canon and, and gone with it and and continued the story mm -hmm. people would have been a lot more accepting yep. um, as a whole yep. you know um to to that movie but they tried to essentially take something that wasn't theirs and make it theirs and it didn't work yeah and it's it, and movie remakes are tough in that way anyway yes uh so they they're literally i think almost every movie remake is either again this is all my opinion i yeah. again i have not seen that movie so i can't <laughs> yeah you know, don't yell at me <laughs> well you know all movie remakes i think are a hit or miss anyway sequels are that way too um you know, they're either they can be anywhere from like, oh, it was okay to that really fucking sucked to, mm -hmm. you know, well, that that was way better than the first one, just depending on where it goes. And sure. I think this one with the director they had with the, the Jason Reitman of it, he knows how to make a really good personal story about a, a, a family. Mm -hmm. And then but he also and the ending showed that that he could mix those two worlds together very well. Oh, my God. The, the, the world-ending stakes with the family at the center of yeah, it. Yeah, Jason's vision on this, it, it perfectly combined. And it, that's that's us as filmmakers and writers. Mm. Um, you, the, the number one rule to writing is write what you know. Yep. He knows clearly Ghostbusters, yeah. you know, obviously. Right. And he knows how to write family dramas. Yep. He took what he knew and combined it into what I think is one of the greatest sequels ever made in any franchise. I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Um, and it's, it, 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 the movie shows, the movie shows the, the love and the passion that went into it. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, 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 filmmaking is hard, you know, like I've been an actor on set. It's boring. <laughs> you know? You're just like, I'm just waiting for it to be called back to set. You know, it's yes. just, yep. um, whereas like play acting, uh, you're doing theater acting is, you know, a much more, uh, there's a lot more stuff for an actor to do. Um, right. Whereas with uh, something like this, it's just like, well, the film acting is just waiting, waiting your turn, essentially. Pretty um, much. And that's not to take away that it's it's not it's still hard, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so they still have to be in the moment and everything. Um, yep. So not, in some aspects, like with those super emotional scenes, you know, when you got to do multiple takes, you got to bring that emotion every single time. Yep. That can be super hard yep. on an actor. Yeah. It 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 really is, and it's. But at the same time, like this cast really delivered, and I think that. Um, having this this great new cast with podcasts with Lucky with Trevor and Phoebe especially, mm -hmm. I was like, like I said before, if if this movie ends and we don't see these characters again, I feel like they had a complete story, hundred percent. But at the same time, I want to see them again. Yeah, and <laughs> I I kind of hope they get recruited to Manhattan or maybe something else happens in this small town, you mm -hmm. know, because you know, growing up in Smallville, uh, small towns are weird and <laughs> yeah. weird shit can happen there. Right. Um, I mean. But at the end of the day, like this movie, I think delivered what what it promised to deliver, which is absolutely movies don't always do that. No, no, not always. <laughs> yeah, and uh, especially when it's a when it's a blockbuster like this too. Um, and and I like that. I like that it felt it felt small when it needed to feel small, but it also was big when it needed to be big, mm -hmm. and it never felt like out of place. Right. So, um, yeah, Jim, this has been. 
such a blast. Absolutely, you know? man. I'm glad that we were able to finally see this movie for yes, one. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, after, what, over almost a year of waiting uh, from like, the original release, release date. date? It was supposed to be June last year, so it's almost a year and a half later. Wow. And that's... But I, I think it was well worth the wait. Oh, my God, yes. And, you know, we as fans, we could leave feeling gratified that we got we got the movie we wanted, that, you know, maybe even we needed. Who knows? Yeah, you know? Right. So, um, so Jim, you know, I, you know, you're, you're always doing something, you know. You've got um, – uh, so you had your premiere for Blinded, yep. uh, your short film with, uh, you know, our, our good friend Jesse, yep. uh, who could not be here today, unfortunately – um, cause this was going to be like the Batman forever reunion here, but, uh, schedules and all that. Yeah. It's all good. Um, but, uh, at, at the same time, it's like, I, I'm looking forward to what you guys are going to do next year. So blinded is going to be shipped to some festivals. Yeah. Blinded is going to be, um, we're going to go through the film festival circuit. Um, we're going to, we're actually writing the, uh, the feature length script as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we're, the idea is to, combine that feature length script with uh, hopefully some success in the film festival circuit yep. and get some draw some interest from uh, producers and either get some funding to make it ourselves or uh, sell the script to a production company and and see this thing see, uh, reach the big screen yeah it's um, as much as like this past year has been great to just I mean like sitting at home kind of sucks sometimes but but having like movie experiences with the family is great but like I, I love that story you told about your kids watching the movie because the movie theater really is this like you know some of my best memories are going to the movie theaters with my family absolutely and, um, you know when the first uh, you know when the first X-Men movie came out you know we had a you know over the we had a half day at school my friends and I went you know there's and, a much larger attachment when you go see the movie in the theater as opposed to just seeing it on your TV at home. Yeah. You know, it, I, I have very fond memories of, of, uh, um, Batman forever. Yep. Um, when I saw that in the theater, um, I saw independence day in the theater. Yes. I yes. saw men in black in the theater. Yep. Um, and, and those movies, I, even though like say back to the future mm-hmm. is one of my favorite franchises. Mm-hmm. I have, um, more fond memories of seeing men in black because it was in the theater. Yeah. I never saw Back to the Future in the theater. Yep. I was two, one, whatever. I was, you know, not even one. No, it came out in eighty in summer of 85. I was literally six months old. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I, I, as much as I love that franchise, um, I have, I don't have as, as, as you put it, fond, as fond memories yeah. um, seeing those movies for the first time as I do seeing... Um, Batman Forever, uh, George of the Jungle, yes, you know uh, the Lion King, right? You know, seeing yep. all all these all these movies in the theater. Yeah, I thought about that rewatching uh, the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap, mm-hmm. a great remake actually. Um, yeah, I, I rewatched it on Disney Plus, uh, you know, during the pandemic last year, and I was just like, I was like, I have such a fondness for this movie because mm-hmm. I remember my family going to see this movie. Absolutely, and it's strange, like strange that like I, you know, I don't know what. I can't relate to this movie necessarily, but I love it, you know? <laughs> yeah. The uh, 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters, I believe. So that would have been uh, 2019. Yeah. Um, yep. The the original Ghostbusters played in the theaters for a short time, mm-hmm. and I jumped at that chance to take my son 
to go see the first original Ghostbusters in the theater so he could have that same fondness that I wish I had had because I wasn't old enough at the time to see yeah. Ghostbusters in the theater. But now I have that experience with my son and hopefully he carries that uh, through through his life. Yeah, I'm sure he will. That's that's so awesome. Uh, Jim, thank, thanks you so much for coming again. Oh, thank you, JJ. And, I appreciate it. Yeah, and this, this was fantastic. Um, you know, Ghostbusters is my favorite movie of all time and um and getting to sit with like a, a fellow nerd of it and appreciator <laughs> of it yep. um and you know us having the similar experience with it uh it was was incredible yep. and um so we're gonna we're gonna sign off here um but we're just gonna leave you all with one thing that i want you to remember that we're ready to believe you as long as it's as long as it makes sense, just don't be don't be weird, right? Don't be calling me saying there's some big storm coming like a psycho, and don't be a dirt farmer either. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It's fine. <laughs> Bustin makes me feel good. Bustin makes me feel good.